Welcome to Thrones and Scones. It's your weekday morning podcast where we talk about Game of Thrones over breakfast. It's Tony Hans and Jeremy in with you today tackling season eight, episode three, the longest Game of Thrones episode that has or will ever, according to current runtime estimates, exist, The Long Night. And... (laughs) Tell me about that sweet, sweet scone, because this is what I've been waiting for. that I have forgotten about. <laughs> I, almost... I definitely have it. I just don't know what flavor it's supposed to be. It's pineapple white chocolate. Fuck. So there some Caribbean. Go. Little, uh... Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> well, I will have to wait and, <laughs> and see. <laughs> oh, this has been... This has been a, a journey, y'all. We have made it to um, w- what I think is probably the best named title of the series thus far. I got we got some people. Casey fired off a lot of text to me because we gave the last episode's title a lot of shit, and he was bringing like book things in and saying like this, this, this. It, it was good. It wasn't. Good. It, it wasn't was fine. Whatever. And then the first one, Winterfell. Had they called episode one Winterfell and then called episode three the Battle of Winterfell. Like it went great from that point alone. So I liked that it was a that it was the long night. I thought it was a good enough title. Um, I will say the first thing I noticed about the episode was the lack of nudity warning in the intro. (laughs) So I fired off a quick text that says, "Oh, you know shit's about to get it's about to get real." (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and then from then on, I didn't look at my phone. I didn't look at anybody else except that television screen for what seemed like 12 minutes but was actually uh 80 plus um this episode i got i got i got a few thoughts on it a few great a few lesser and a few mixed but um for what it's worth they showed us what could have been a very drawn out battle in what i felt like took no time at all um what did you guys uh tonally from all of that did you guys feel like it was a long episode did you feel the length was warranted did you want more what were you thinking so the only i the only thing i'll say that made that it felt kind of long is at a certain point i i kept thinking there was two or three scenes where i was like oh fuck they're just gonna end it they're gonna they're Mm. gonna make this a two episode thing and they're gonna end it and i was very terrified that that was going to happen because I was starting to feel that the episode should be ending because yeah. I, you get around that 60 minutes and my mind's ready for that, for those credits to start rolling. But, uh, with, with being just what seemed like a ridiculous, at that point, it seemed like a ridiculously long episode, but again, it, when you're watching it, it didn't seem that way. That made no sense at all, but no, I, I, <laughs> I, I got it, and I didn't get it. Yeah, okay, good. You know, I, I was there with you in spirit. <laughs> so, okay. The title, The Long Night. Yeah. I felt at some points in this, it felt too long for me. And okay. it felt... I, I will give the credit to the episode. I think this is like the chaos of battle was done really, really well for me. But it's so fucking dim and dark and it's fucking night. So there's like you, I feel like that's, that gets old to me. 
it's like, God, it's so dark. I want to see this. I want to see more of this. And you're just giving me all the shadows and shaky camera feel. And that's, I've had enough of that. I've had, I've had enough of that at this point. I, so this is maybe the biggest complaint that I've been seeing about online is that this episode is just, and this is an issue or uh, a thematic choice, if you will, that I've noticed for years now with Game of Thrones. It's a dark fucking show. Um, I don't mean from a tone perspective. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's visually very dark. Yeah. Um, this episode, I actually think, did it very well. And my pro- I had problems with the visuals, but they weren't the darkness. Because I think uh, just at the very beginning, first off, um, since we can stop talking in like uh, vagueness, I'll, I'll throw in a couple early parts here. Melisandre's showing back up. She rushes out. And uh, she lights all the Dothrakia rocks on fire, and they go uh, charging off into the void, and they just get snuffed out, which was awesome. You just see it from like Danny and John's perspective, and then you see it from the the rest of Winterfell's perspective as just one by one, the fire goes out, which oh, was so good. And then it's just darkness. You can hear it. You can feel it until they're like five feet away and there's just this wall of death that is just, you know, stacked three, four high, essentially, rushing at everyone. I thought that the darkness was really good, especially with the fire. When they lit the trench later on in the episode, it gave you that moment of relief that you think so many of them felt. Not just because it stemmed the tide, but they could see, they could kind of get their bearings a little bit. What I didn't care for after about the 40-minute mark was the ridiculous jump cuts. I, I liked it at the beginning, just like in the Battle of Bastards, it's showing us Different things are moving so quickly. Yeah. You know, you can't perceive how fast this is going. Even these people don't know what's going on. They're just trying their best to keep up. But at a point, it started to almost give me a headache. And uh, when we're decently lit at this point, um, when Jamie and Brienne are back in the keep and they're having their kind of fights, they're saving each other. I can't fucking focus on anything. Me either. Um, like I would have much rather a slightly more silhouetted shot, but one of those nice, um, and I, am sure this would have been impossible to do, but one of those nice, even if it was a fraction of the length, like one scene shots, like the battle for the wall, Mm -hmm. Um, when they're inside the camp like that, I would have, I think, much preferred that and been able to go like, oh, is that that person? Like, you know, try and pick them out rather than them shove me in their face and I can't see what the hell is going on. So I, I I get the darkness thing. I think that it added to the aesthetic a lot for me. It was more so the jump cutty nature uh, that threw me off, but it was only in about a 10 minute span where I thought it didn't fit. Otherwise, I was okay with it. Hans, what were... Uh, did you have any visual problems with the episode? I I agree with the jump cutting thing, which I've kind of, like you said, I've just kind of come to be used to it with Game of Thrones. It's kind of their style in a in these battles, especially when you get on John. It's just a shaky camera fest when we're on John, no matter what. In 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 any battle, really. Yeah. But uh, no, I I I didn't have any significant problems. Uh, with with the visuals, I thought I thought the darkness sold it well. I think it kind of had to be, especially with um, all the foreplay, I guess that we get of the of the Night King bringing the Long Night, bringing the Winter, all that stuff. I think it had to be dark, right? I think that was kind of yeah. the, the thing. I didn't, not necessarily from a visual standpoint. I get it from a 
story standpoint to kind of have a way to get the dragon to to limit the dragon's abilities here where all of a sudden there's just this ridiculous fog and storm kind of thing that came with the white walkers we haven't really seen that before that's significant so i i thought that was kind of we have have we what where or i guess when was that remind me so when uh when i think there's two instances of it i think the first time we see the army of the dead with Sam and everybody up there, that there is like this massive storm front following them. Okay. The second time, and this is the one that I'm sure about, is when we've got our weird D and D party up beyond the wall. Sure. And they encounter that bear and the couple whites, and they it just essentially chucks them into a snowstorm out of nowhere right before they show up. I see. Okay, I can buy yeah. that then. I just it kind of seemed like the timing it, was off for me. Yeah, sure. it just seemed like it was only tacked on just to because they needed to cut down the dragons a bit because they were just wiping people out and needed a uh, a way to kind of temper them down a bit. But other than and that, honestly, I, was fine I think with the it. dragons were just like without that storm, I don't know if this would have been much of a battle. I actually had the opposite thought. I, I thought that the storm was a little silly. I liked it, especially early on. I thought that the confusion and everything was really cool. Danny and John running into each other in the dragons was kind of a tense moment. Um, the, when they break the storm and night and the Night King comes out with Viseria and just shooting green oh God. fire up at them, when that the, was baller. When they're up floating in like that like kind of like clear crystal night, I thought that yeah. was some that was some of the coolest imaging of the show. I mean, it just—it was CG. I know that, but it looked—it looked, it looked good. good. It looked great, yeah. Because all awesome. the other CG looked like shit. Honestly, I didn't think it was bad this episode. Oh god, thought- when, when the dragons are biting at at Danny and John, and like, oh god, it looks so bad to me. Thought it was okay, um, but so I, I disliked the storm in the latter half because the dragons get free of it for a while, enough time to wreak some havoc, and it doesn't matter. I think that they it, it was a far more powerful realization to understand that the dragons are not doing enough in this battle that they are kind of limited you know they're they're essentially just limited to doing these strafing runs because they know if they get too close to the white walkers the night king you know that's that's dangerous territory that's dragon go down time they find out the second that they land that they are you know I all but thought we lost a dragon in this episode um Come to find, if I'm correct, from the preview for the next one, we did not. Um, And so I I think it was powerful that the dragons, including Viserion, including the Night King's dragon, were not as massive players as, you know, we have given to understand. I thought it was one of the grounding uh, features of it. And I think had they not taken them out of the battle for some reason, that maybe it would have been more powerful. But there's also the justification of, oh... You know, the dragons are out, dragons are out. Once the dragons get free, they're going to fuck shit up. And then they do, and then they don't. Um, and even when they do wreck, you know, shop as best they can, the Night King just, like, reverses everything instantly. I didn't even know he could bring back people who he's already brought back who already died. Yeah, so, I, okay. I, from the battle sequence, they, the imagery of initial with Darth Raki, the lights, so fucking cool. So badass. Don't necessarily how I feel about just sending all of your Darthraki warriors, these great warriors. Why charge? Like, why? Why run at them? I don't understand. Like, you 
you have a defensive setup. You should play defense. Anyway, so that happens. And then we have this, like, gorgeous, like, army still waiting for this wall of just crash, which is very cool. The dragons come out, and they light them up. And I feel like there is this sense of, like, holy fuck, they're just wrecking these people. They are just wrecking the shit out of them to the point where John sees, you know, the White Walkers in their horses, like, waiting there, which kind of irked me because I'm like, what are they doing? He's turning to go fucking wreck them when the storm hits. So I feel like the storm in that way did temper them completely. The chaos of them. The chaos of them. And also, to your point, with like Viserion, like not having. Viserion, when he's when he lands in Winterfell, it, even though it's only that brief moment, that was some of the. I was like, "Where the fuck have you been, dude? You could, you are destroying shit. Like you were just fucking wrecking this." But he was all fucked up, and fire was coming out of his neck and shit. Oh, it was like, so oh. cool! God, it was good. It was a. It was a very cool. And we'll get into it just because I don't want to. I mean, we're gonna spoil everything about this episode because we're talking about it. But I don't want to. I don't want to hit the end too hard. There's been people who have said, <coughs> Casey, uh, who have said that they wish a very specific part went a different way. But I, I disagree for reasons we'll, we'll, well touch on here. So I want to bring up this kind of like obviously we there's a lot to talk about. I want your opinion of in the beginning scene. You get two people walking. You get Sam and this kind of like tense anxiety stumbling around you can like taste the fear of what he's seeing and then you get Tyrion walking over grabbing some wine heading downstairs like this got me so jacked for like what was coming because Tyrion like is in the same world is it's seen as much death now as probably Sam has seen um has experienced it firsthand right I mean he's been in two major battles and and then I think it's interesting that they you, they walk out to this battle lineup. What do you think of, of how they grouped our our heroes, if you will? Because in the first group, it was Podrick, Brienne, Jamie, right? And then Grey Worm was with his own group. And then you had Tormund, Beric, Hound, and Gentry next to Ed and Sam. Like, <coughs> what, for Gendry? Gendry. Did I say Jen? Oh, my bad. I'm reading my notes in this fucking dim light watching the show, so fuck you, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of how the setup was happening? I, I don't get I don't get putting them all at the front line, especially when we see what happens to the front lines. You're like, how the fuck does anyone survive that? There's no way. I get putting them there. Um, I, I get them putting themselves there for the most part. I think they would do it. I think they're all pretty lead-by-example types. I do agree it makes it harder for me to come to terms with the fact that most of them survived. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, there's there's some... It was a bit ridiculous, given... Especially when you that fucking just wall of dead just hits that yeah. line. It's just, you know, they're just cascading over each other and all this stuff, and you're telling me that frontline heroes all survived, including Mon- Montgomery Gentry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean in Jorah especially Jorah is that guy is a he is a magic man he he survives all kinds of places and and magically shows up at all the right times and I'm like what the fuck okay here's my problem because I do have a problem with Jorah Jorah's 
dies in this episode. Spoiler. There you go. Jorah's death was great. But Jorah's death should have come 60 minutes earlier (laughs) when he should have died. (laughs) But here's the thing. Here's... I get show magic for the for the for the reason of a point, you know, suspension of disbelief for a big special moment. I think his defense of Danny was a big special moment. However, there's nothing in my mind or anyone's mind, uh, as you said, Jeremy, that that leads to that Dothraki charge. I understand that that's the only way they really know how to fight, and they're testing him and prodding him. But what did they think was going to happen? But why the hell is Jorah with them? Yeah, I'm like, no one says he's going to lead them. Like, no one like no one says that. Yeah, this isn't the, it's not like this is the Dothraki horde that Jorah um, has been with for years. Right. They're all dead. This is new Dothraki. They're not, you know, I understand the sort of culture significance that they might have for the dude, and that's where he fits in. But um, if they were going to make him survive that ridiculous moment, then uh, then it's all very confusing to me why they chose to, you know, keep him alive for that sacrificial moment. Um, it, it cheapened it a little bit, but I did like Jorah's exit of the show. Yeah, I thought that was actually probably one of the stronger parts of the show for me. It, yeah. it felt good. It felt, it actually, it felt good because Danny was doing something. Danny was fighting. That felt really good to me. Yeah, it felt like, desperate. It felt desperate. And I thought, um, because coming into this episode... The tension between John and Danny, even in the episode, there are several points where I was waiting for the cutthroat Danny to do something, to make a decision to kill John. I mean, I at one point oh, I was like, yeah, at one point when John got knocked off the dragon and he was down there and Danny was still on a dragon, I almost thought like, oh man, is Dan-? you know when Danny's roasting the Night King? I at one point thought that was John and I'm like, oh fuck, that's awesome. And then I was like, oh fuck, it's just the Night King. So that that I I was watching this with a friend and I turned to a friend at a similar point, like a little bit before that. Yeah. Um, when I think they were fighting Viserion in the air and fire's going everywhere. I'm like, do you think John is fireproof? <laughs> exactly. I kind of asked the same question because I thought maybe we were going to get it right. when John was on the ground and <clears throat> he's facing the Night King. And then, oh, what a fucking scene. And then the Night King yeah. like looks at him and just oh, raises his hand. Yeah. So cool. And fucking raises it. I thought what was going to happen was Daenerys was going to just light it up and John was going to still be, John and the Night King would still be standing. Mm-hmm. And that's so, how we would find out that John was also fireproof. But I didn't actually. Um, I was like, oh, blah, blah blah. I racked my head that whole night, thinking like, have we seen John burn it all? And I was like, fuck. Oh, maybe they could be leading to this thing. I realized five seconds ago when I said it that uh, in the the first time they encounter Whites, John breaks a lamp open with his hand and throws it at him and burns his hand really bad. So. <laughs> So yeah, he's he's not fireproof. John is not fireproof <laughs> unless being resurrected somehow changed that for him. Um, and the the thought quickly left my mind too when I thought when I realized that oh wait if he gets lit on fire his clothes are gonna burn up and then he's just gonna, what are they gonna have naked John fight the Night King? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> and we already knew I there was so. no nudity, so it was just huge spoilers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, the, so, 
Yeah, go, go ahead. Oh, well, hold, just before we get off of it, because I know he's your boy, Hans, what did you think about Jorah in this scene, episode? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was fine. I didn't like the beginning. Again, I'm with you guys as far as why. did the, I get it was kind of cool from everyone else's perspective, but, I mean, did they expect the Dothraki to just kill everyone? I don't, that was dumb. Don't get why Jorah was there. I thought his death was good. I, I really did enjoy the scene of him and Daenerys, like you guys said. I thought that was great. I thought yeah. the whole episode felt just super, just desperate, and it was oh, so good. Um, I thought his death was good. I kind of liked that he didn't say anything. I thought yeah. that there wasn't, you know, that, that kind of last-minute cheesy dialogue. I thought it was good that it was just, you knew. Oh, God, I heard, he didn't Ka- need to I say, heard Khaleesi just, like, Khaleesi. as he's gurgling. <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think you needed anything. I thought. It, I thought it was done well. Yes, I thought it was very fitting. Danny had all the emotion there, and that's where it should have been. Uh, yeah. Now there were some good deaths. There were some bad deaths. Can we just talk about the worst death from the get go? What? If they were gonna do him dirty like this, why didn't they do it three seasons ago so we could get it over with? What do the writers have against Ghost? He didn't die. Of course he died. No, he didn't. Of course he did. No, he's in the. Uh, if you look in the, if you look in the episode or in the preview afterwards, you see him. I'm looking this up. Okay, well, while even that so, happened, that's that happens, stupid. Yeah, why no, even, I, why, I was yeah. gonna bring that up. I, I don't get it. I don't get ghosts at all. I'm so confused. Why have him with Jorah? I was like, what the fuck is going on? Why is he back guarding Bran? That would make so much more sense. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so he's not dead. But it makes no sense. I 100% agree. Well, again, why Jorah and the fucking Dothraki? What? Yeah. And and how did he survive? We didn't see him run back, did we? They showed. They, I don't think they so. They took the time to show. They show fucking, him like snarling as they're getting close, and that's the last thing we see. We don't see him attack. We don't see him do anything. <sighs> I'm at the so scene where they're not. Where the again, I don't. Are. I don't need an epic moment for everyone, but it's just like. It, he didn't need to be there then because it didn't make sense for him to be with them anyway. Like you just didn't need him there. He should have been, if anything in the godswood. Agreed with yeah. Bran. Okay. So on, let's get on let's, the, on the dragon with John <laughs> on the dragon with John hiding in the dragon's asshole to launch out for a sneak attack. <laughs> <laughs> so with Bran, can we talk about just that group for just one moment? How, uh, how deep, how deep we going? We're going, going to the we go into the very Are end. Are we going to the end? Oh no 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 no! Just okay. just just my comment on Bran and warging. Bran okay. is warging a fucking long time, and I don't know why. And I'm super fucking angry about it. It's not just those birds. It can't be, right? Like it doesn't make sense. I'm like, all this shit is happening, and I'm like, why the fuck are you still warging? Like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, what? You think it- you think it's sexual? <laughs> <laughs> he does smile when he comes out of it. Somebody was like, got got two out, guys. Got two I out. wonder if maybe there is more of a connection when he's warging. Like he's more easily found or something. Oh, you think he's doing that specifically trying to draw? I don't know. The, yeah. And it's not explained. And I, and I feel like I'm wondering I if think, he'll say But that's anything. something they have time to explain. If yeah. anything. If they yeah. want I just, I just wish one time when he came out of warging, you know, he would just kind of under his breath go, "Oh fuck!" Yeah. 
And so I got, you know, when the Night King raised everyone, all the dead again, I think he's not, he's not raising any of the prior people. He's raising all of the armies that have been slaughtered, right? So, I mean, I got that, but like, are you sure that, because it looked like every corpse got up to me. Yeah. Especially the corpses that were still on fire as the dragon just laid that area to waste. And yet they also get up, even though technically they would all be burned. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't either. I mean, I guess Um, now we'll never know, right? So the Night King thing, though, first of all, I've I've known that it's not as we've seen them go through fire. So I don't know why they act like this is a new thing unless they're pretending like dragon fire is a different thing, which maybe they are. I don't know. Um, The Night King is dragon fireproof and it's it's the only emotion he's ever shown in the show. And it was fucking great. (laughs) Just this, just this big ass smirk, smile. looking yeah, up at Daenerys, like, bitch. Like, <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck this shit up in a minute. I gotta be honest. I was hoping for blah, fire, 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 and then just through the stream of fire, the spear, ice lance. Yeah, like just a. I thought it would have been a cooler moment. I liked that they played it nonchalant, but then I wish they wouldn't have had him throw the spear afterwards because it made him look stupid. Yeah, and he missed um, like a fucking and he missed and, and he's, again and he's like point blank range. I mean, he he's he hits up the other dragon super far away, but misses this throw. And he he kind of walks off. John gives chase, and then he he does just turn around and uh, <laughs> and raises everyone. And this shit is potent. It's it's all the all the people that have just fallen, and as so many people, you guys included, expected. Uh, the crypts come alive with activity as well. It looks like the tombs of the Starks are not made of very strong material, uh, which I guess why would they need to be? Yeah. Except for moments like this, um, it didn't. It didn't lead to anything crazy emotional, but it did. It did kind of add to the most desperate hour sort of feel. Um, so speaking of that, yeah. I'd be interested to get your opinion of main characters up until this point. So, up until the point where we get the raise, where the Night King raises the, the, the dead again, what do you think? Like, tell me your opinion of, like, the other characters and what they're going through. Does, do any of them have interesting things other than just chaos and death for you? I think the, yeah, I think the storyline, the little arc that was going on with the Hound and Beric and Arya. And that was kind of Melisandre. super good for me. It was very good. Yes. Arya's Especially weapon, in disappointing or happy? What? Arya's weapon, disappointed or happy? No, I liked it. It was good. It was good. Just a just a weird little staff thing that comes apart. It was cool. I don't know where it went. Yeah, she lost it. Uh, she loses right it after that early. first battle. She lost it, or like the first fight scene where she was just wrecking with it, and then I think she got hit or dropped it or something, and then never got it back. Yeah, Arya getting like clocked. Like hitting her head on the wall there, doing the tumble over all the whites and shit, um, and basically regressing, going through this whole thing of um, she is 100% the most effective non-dragon on that battlefield, bar none right now, and I guess non-White Walker as well. Uh, No, non-Night King, because the White Walkers didn't do jack shit, Uh, but... She is incredibly impressive, and she's she's basically still getting overrun. You know, she's doing everything right, uh, better than we've ever seen her fight. She's 
flawless for a great period of time there. And it doesn't matter. She's still getting beaten down, beaten down, beaten down. And it's like breaking her from the inside. And she, she starts to become this very fearful individual. And she's, she's panic stricken and she doesn't know what to do. And she's paranoid. Um, I thought that the, I have mixed feelings about the scene where she goes into the library or whatever. And she's kind of walking around and, and, hiding I, I just don't know what's happening i liked the scene i thought it looked really good i thought it played really well i just don't know what they're doing in there <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out like i don't know um but i like the Arya storyline a lot brienne and jamie um it was good fell a little flat after a while but i liked it for the first bit a lot when they survived the initial like chaos i kind of was like oh they're not dying if if they're surviving this where they've been thrown on the ground and covered by 12 people and they managed to get up but i don't know how and they happen again with the other person i'm like oh they're keeping them alive and even when they show them at the you know near the end of the show where they're like penned against the wall and again they got like 30 people like just like falling on them and i'm like no one has a knife no one's like just stabbing you like, i don't know yeah. um but Barrick specifically, what a great ending for him for me. Like, never really was into his story as much, but I love the way he dies in this show. Spoiler, he dies. Um, Spoiler, he dies. Yeah. Specifically, when he's dies in the hallway <laughs> and he like is like arms out, like holding him back as they're like stabbing him in the side. It's kind of like oh. crucified kind of thing. Yeah. And still wanders in and keeps going. I was like, holy shit, like like this is this is badass. Like this is so good. Um and I like that they make the hound kind of fearful, right? He has fire everywhere and he's not overcome it yet. And it's so obvious. But then the second he's like he's like, Clegane, tell her, you know, tell tell Arya that death is not possible to defeat and he like sees them and then like that sees her and in that moment is like oh, I'm gonna go help her like I yeah. love that he's like he forgets every fear and goes to help Arya the and bringing um, a character who I could give less of a shit about um, into a fold and like even tying her into some of my favorite storylines thus far hasn't done shit to make me like her but bringing her into this last little thing with Arya and uh, so tying good. Melisandre in was so good, so good, so satisfying. Because yeah. when he, when she said the whole brown, green, and blue, and just yeah. looked at her, yeah, and I was like blue. I was looking at her. I was looking at the at the red woman's eyes. Like Melisandre, like you have blue eyes. She's gonna kill you. And then I was like, oh fuck, I get this. But I didn't. I mean, I was like, oh, you're gonna kill White Walkers. I never made the connection. Yeah, of the other thing. This is one of the biggest, I mean, it's, I've talked to people who don't like it. I am in love with what happened. Um, I think it was the best part of the episode by, by a mile. I, I think it's so, when's the last time we saw something like this in Game of Thrones where it's so, Hodor, I guess, where it's so unexpected and you don't, no one knows that it's coming really uh, on the whole this wasn't expected, but then the second it happens, you can piece it together going back to like season two. Yeah, feels good. When they start shadowing this, like feels good. It's I, Hans. What did you think about um, 
before we get to you know to the big daddy here, what did what did you think about Barrick and the Hound and Melisandre? Melisandre, loved it. Uh, first question though, I do have to ask. Just be, I just I feel like I'm getting lost in all these. Now that they're all together, I'm getting lost in all these characters. <laughs> Where did Melisandre come from? Where was she before this? I do not know because she came from the front, which seemed weird. So I thought when she came out originally that uh, same thing, I thought she was coming like from the dead. And when she said to Jorah, can you speak their tongue? I thought she meant the dead. Same. Yeah. <laughs> and I was confused. <laughs> like yeah. when, when I first saw the character in the cloak and the horse, who did you think it was? Benjen. Me too. Same. And I thought I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. He's here. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, is he, like, coming in as, like, kind of like a, like, you know, I'm here to offer safety to those. We just want brand. Like, is that what he's going to say kind of thing? Yeah. And I was well, like. That's, that's kind of what I thought even when it was Melisandre. And when she said, can you speak their tongue? In that split second before I figured out what she meant, I was like, was my stupid ass theory of them, like, parlaying <laughs> going to come true? Like, are they going to talk? It didn't, and that's for the best. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was weird that she came from the front, especially when that when that the army of the dead was not that far away. How did she, how did she get around them? Where did she come yeah. from? A little well, confused by that. How did but. how did anyone get around them? How did the hound and all them get down there and get around them? I mean, like, yeah, that's kind of confusing for me still. Because mm-hmm. that's a shit ton of people. It's a shit ton of people. But uh, apparently they're not that observant anyway, because people can walk right by them, even though they're in a very tight circle around <laughs> said people. So, uh, But anyway, the Hound, Arya, the whole plot line I thought was great. I, uh, not to toot my own horn, but when she said that, I kind of assumed that was going to happen when Melisandre said the blue eyes thing to I, Arya. Yeah. I put it together then, but I had okay, no okay. clue before. Obviously, I would have never guessed it before then. I th- I knew where she was going, but I didn't expect what happened to happen. Um, I figured it was, you know, more of a brand denial than a straight up. Can, I mean, can we just say what happened? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, the, 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 the Night King makes it to the Godswoods with his White Walkers, who haven't done anything. Um, which again, now that I'm thinking of it, the White Walkers can be killed pretty easily. We have seen. It's just the fact that they didn't know how to do it before, and they didn't have the tools. Now there are the tools everywhere. Maybe it's not super duper safe and viable for them to be on the field. Maybe not. I don't so, know. so are they useless then? I mean, do they? What do they do? I mean, they. I don't know. Yeah, and my kind they of seemed useless. Well, they I seem think, really useless. I think the point. It's it's probably not stated enough, but I think the point of them staying back. I wonder how how much the right like maybe in the writer's mind or and this is just speculation. I have no idea. I just wonder how involved it is to raise the whites and kind of control them. I mean, maybe the White Walkers are doing something, you know, maybe <laughs> some wizardry back there. But I don't I don't know. I because uh, there's the part where. There's the part where the Night King is kind of up in the air and the trench is all on fire and all the whites are just standing there. And then he does like the weird like hand thing. And then all of a sudden they start all falling on the fire. Yeah. 
So again, like he, they're obviously kind of seeing through their eyes and controlling them a bit and knowing what's going on, but obviously doing their own thing too. So I don't know. I don't know if maybe they're just more valuable because they know if one goes down, a lot of the whites are going to go down. So they, they think that they're just, like you're saying, they're just kind of keeping back. Because I thought it was weird that they did nothing. Well, because I guess, I guess they really must be actually keeping back. Because in the end of the last episode, we saw a ton of them. And in yeah. this episode, we saw five of them? Yeah. I think? Kind of strange. Um, so I'm assuming the ones that were on the horses back in the forest line were still there. And it was different white walkers that were with the night king um i don't know i don't know i guess it wouldn't have changed the battle all that much um it could have made for some cool white walker killing moments but that's about it i guess yeah and the white walkers don't die in a satisfying way in my opinion anyway so i can leave it i take it the yeah so we do get a moment here a, a kind of final fight um Theon Greyjoy does stay to the friend Bran. He does better than I would have ever given him credit for. And I will say, going into this episode, I was very ready to hate whatever Theon was going to do, or more aptly, what they were going to do with Theon. Um, And uh, last week I would have told you that I would prefer in the first two minutes he trips and falls off the wall and breaks his neck and dies, and everyone laughs, and then maybe pees on him. But... (laughs) I went to read about it because I was like, there's got to be people that like Theon. What's going on? And I was reading about his arc and the kind of connection that people make with it to post-traumatic stress and the kind of things that they're trying to Im- in- embed into, uh, into Theon. And I don't know if it made me like what he did more, but it made me accept where he ended a little bit and i ended up actually really liking this moment with him um defending bran and then straight up just charging into what is absolutely 100 percent, even in his mind certain death with no chance of victory um just for the full redemption there the little bran line at the end was nice um i, I kind of liked it yeah i didn't kinda. hate it but i wanted to like it so i think i forced myself to in a way <laughs> But you know, yeah, no, I, th- I think it made I think it made for an interesting, like you you were kind of like with him and Sansa, him and Arya, him and Bran, like he, you get this whole Stark family thing. I like that he used the bow, right? Yeah. I like that the bow was used. So I gotta say, the second I saw him in the bow, my head went, "Oh, okay." Last time we saw him with a bow, he saved Bran's life. If they have Theon kill the Night King, <laughs> yeah, fuck. I would have lost my shit. Like I don't, something could have happened that could have redeemed Theon and made him my favorite character. If they had him kill the Night King, I would never watch another episode of this show. You know when when they when he broke his spear and stabbed him with it, I was thinking, oh. He's gonna stab him with like the front of it, right? He's gonna like, give him a hug. Yeah. He's gonna give him a hug and just like that's how that's how the Night King is gonna die. And I was like, and I, I it would have made it would have actually made a little more sense than Arya getting through all of that to him. No. I know. Mm, I wouldn't I have know. liked it as much. I mean, I'm not saying I would have liked it, but at least I would have been able to do the math because I wasn't doing the math prior to that. Yeah, let's 
let's uh with that being said we can go back and talk about the the, the finer moments as well but let's just get the uh, get this out of the way Arya killing the night king right Thoughts? so the yeah the biggest thing about this is how the fuck did she get to him yep my ex- yeah what but here's my here's my justification for this we've seen the night king like we've he walked in nobody stopped theon who has just taken down a bunch of whites by himself protecting bran um when the white walkers were on they let him come in because they knew he wasn't a threat this is a this is a fucking 17 year old girl charging at him with a dagger and even with his actions shows it's not a threat they don't perceive it as a threat and I think that it's a hive mind scenario at this point. So if he doesn't perceive her as a threat, they're not going to act like it is. He just turns around and, you know, what is essentially going to be swats her away until she pulls the move that uh, we see in two notable instances. Can anybody name those two notable instances? <laughs> no, I mean, I know she's done it, but I can't even remember. Well, she's only done it once. She did it in that fight with Brienne when they're kind of dueling in the courtyard right um when she first gets the dagger which by the way now that brand gave her the dagger i'm like oh <laughs> that's ooh. i know it feels right it feels so good um so she does it there and then it's actually not it's it's not it's not even in game of thrones where we see that move but i'm not going to tell you where it is because it is it ties into a point i'm going to make later so stay tuned <laughs> but um but yeah, so she jumps off. She gets caught by the throat. She's not a threat. She's just a dangling little child. The Night King's eyes, by the way, when he's both looking at Bran and then when he's staring up at Arya, almost gave me nightmares. Um, and then he just follows her, dropping that dagger, catching it right into the gut. And we, we speculated about how it would happen. I'm so glad that it wasn't some drawn-out thing. I like that it was just, and he was done. Hans, I think, said it's not satisfying, but I like that it's consistent. Yeah, I was fine with it. I didn't, up until the moment that it happened, I didn't, I didn't see it coming at all. I, part of me wishes she died in the process, I will be honest. I actually thought when she, when he, just like uh, Lady Mormont, when she dies, when, you know, gets kind of, picked up and crushed in that moment i thought that he was gonna like just snap her neck you know like just crush her windpipe yeah um but i was more hoping it was gonna be jamie because that's who i wanted to die in this episode so (laughs) i still don't get that (laughs) (laughs) so again though you're just thinking she just she just strolled right through everyone and they just because the the little inkling we get which is kind of how i think the night king saw her or anticipated her was you just see like a turn of the head of one of the white walkers you get right. some you like get a, some wind blow hair a, effect you get a quick like little turn of the turn of the head of one of the white walkers and then all of a sudden the night king turns around and saw you. my yeah. my perspective of this was and it was kind of the whole reason i thought that they made such a point in the library scene was to emphasize how you know all of her training and all the experiences that Arya's been through like how sneaky or how stealthy she can kind of be kind of emphasizing when again before she's she's outsmarting or kind of sneaking around some fucking zombies basically that 
are probably not that hard to get around, but just showing her under the table and then the zombie looks and she's not there. And she's just kind of, you know, really fluid and getting sneaking around pretty quick. So I thought that was kind of an element of how she could get by them like sufficiently as well. But I, I kind of like your thought process too, that they just didn't think she was a threat. But it, and it totally could be both because like, you know, you do get the look, but they don't spring into action or anything. They don't move forward. They don't throw anything. Uh, they don't cast cone of cold. I don't know what their <laughs> options are at that point. Um, but I, I think that absolutely plays. I don't think anybody could have just done it. This yeah. is this is taking Arya's very specific, you know, when she's like, oh, hey, I'm not prepared for this situation. Um, all my battle hasn't prepared me for this. And Melisandre and Beric and the Hound are like, but okay, but maybe it has, you know? And I like the idea of her using that to her advantage. I think that that's a great point. A tiny little part of me was thinking like (laughs) there was going to be some some faceless shit going on. I know. She was going to pull some, like she was going to be somebody else or some like, you know, but I couldn't, I could not think of who she would have been like. There nothing yeah. made sense to me, so I'm kind of glad they didn't do it again. But I thought maybe that they were gonna tack that in somewhere. I was thinking she was gonna pull her face off and be jacking. <laughs> <laughs> and she she's is, like, she, she pulls the Night King's face off, and she's just the fucking Night King. <laughs> she's like, she's the Night King. <laughs> she's like, have I passed the test, Master? <laughs> fucking kill like, Bran. The girl is good. <laughs> He's like, you wrote the test, bitch. Uh, yeah, it was. And oh, then Bran pulls his face name. off, and it's it's Jack in two. Or did you? <laughs> and that's what the next three episodes are. It's just this weird Mexican standoff of people taking faces <laughs> off, upping the ante. Jack is everywhere. Yeah. He is the Night King. You know the uh, the part just to get back into the app of it the part that i was confident was the final scene of the show mm. was you know everything's just gone to shit the night king has risen everybody back up we're seeing all this and this might not be in the perfect order but basically it's just disparity and then mm-hmm. the white walkers they kind of shoot that scene of all the white walkers walking Walking. into winterfell and it's kind of that low cut i thought it was just going to cut and credits and and then it was going to be the next episode was going to finish this battle sure i'm glad that they just ended it i want to finish hitting all of our big points before i kind of go into my overarching theme of the episode so do you have any other specific moments of the show uh, that we haven't got to or that you really want to touch on? Um, I, I want to make one other comment, and that was in the crypts. Oh, yeah. I think Sansa and Tyrion, in their briefness, had such profound impact of silence and despair. I am so glad they did not make them kiss. Me too. I didn't want that. <laughs> I, what I th- they did was good. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I mean, I, I think Tyrion, in, in a way that he probably shouldn't or I don't know, really just like he he wants, you know, he says that he's like, I want to be up there. He's like, I know you think I'm useless. He's like, but I really believe I could help. And I think when he's down there, he kind of like, Sansa's like, no, like the truth of the matter is that we are useless. And yeah. he's like, no, I refuse to accept that. And 
I think at the end he kind of just kind of sets himself up to be like, like he. I thought I thought he was gonna go out with his like with his axe and just like wreck someone. Do you know who was useless? Varys. What's he doing? Who is he? Why does he still exist? We know. We may never know. Yeah, were his, you ex- even his comments were kind of weird. They were weird. Were, yeah. Were you expecting the uh, little romantic tension between Tyrion and Sansa? No. No. Uh, even when they brought it up the first time or something, and he said maybe we should have stayed married, and she said you were the best of them. That yeah. was great. Um, yeah, I liked that. Uh, Which was I more of a burn. expecting it going forward, and uh, at first I didn't like it, but then when they didn't make them kiss, I'm, I, I haven't really decided how I feel about it. I'm not opposed to it. I've always said that, like, especially in the heyday, you know, in that one episode where they work before she finds out that Rob is dead, um, it's great. Like, their relationship is really good, uh, and I like them together. I don't know if I would like them anymore. I don't know if we need that. But as long as they don't force it, I guess I'm not against it. Yeah, what, I don't know. What, I mean, what do you think? I was, I just was not expecting it, especially because, like you were saying, they almost kind of did a Sansa Theon thing in one of these episodes. Oh yeah, where that just they, went nowhere. Yeah, which was apparently nothing. Um, I just, I guess, I wasn't ready for it. But as it went on, I, it kind of made sense. But I, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of funny if just now in the next episode, now that the battle's over, Tyrion would be like, "So, uh, you you uh, you still down for this?" So <laughs> it's basically going to be like, "Oh, I thought we were dying." Are so. we gonna fuck right now? Are we gonna fuck? I just want to know. I, I kind of my we undead dad die. was trying to eat my face off, and like I, you know, I wasn't in my right head. Yeah, I just don't know if it's a good time for me. <laughs> I got a lot going. I on. actually think it. If what is now, I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make some grand kind of gestures on uh, what the direction the show's going now. But sure. I think it's creating couples to rule kingdoms in a way. This is a theory I've heard recently. I feel like it's setting up an idea that the seven kingdoms are going to be divided again in 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 and done so in an amenable way and that's why we're seeing these couples i think that's why also gendry and aria right he he has some royalty there i, I mean we talk about sansa and then Tyrion. you have a question whether john and uh danny do something and what there are other potentials there like what about uh gray worm and Melisandre, not Mels. What's her name? Missande. Missande. Yeah, like there, there is like this. What about Varys? I mean, fuck with his yeah. children. Uh, yeah, Varys is. I just feel like there is kids. a potential now where we're seeing that we aren't gonna have one kingdom, that we are going to have this split, and maybe awesome. that's the direction it has to go. So, this is something that I do wanna, I wanna touch on because I will be a hundred percent honest. I was disappointed with this episode when I watched it. Not when I watched it. I was into it the whole moment. As I said, it flew by. I loved the last moment, so I, I left and I drove home. And I'm actually texting, I think, Casey at this point. And he was like, was expecting way more death. And I'm like fighting him off of that mindset. And I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. But then I, it's getting in my head. It's like, this is not everything that I wanted it to be. And at first I was like, it was just my expectation of more death. 
And I think that's very dangerous because I've noticed it in a couple other things lately where like things are happening and they don't go away that you expect and then you don't like them. Even though what happened could be good and great. And here's the parallel I'm going to go ahead and draw and I know it's going to shoot my point in the foot. But Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, <laughs> uh, really down to the moment even where Ray's lightsaber is being held and she drops it and grabs it with her other hand and cuts a guy in half. Uh, <clears throat> classic Arya imagery right there. Um, I think that there are a lot of interesting parallels because I do think that expectations are causing problems for the show because people have beyond theories at this point they have oh the show's gotta go this way they have to be setting up this this was i mean even this episode the battle of winterfell the biggest thing ever shot we were like i said oh i'm just kind of along for the ride and i called bran aria brienne theon and the night king dying in this episode which is huge and when that didn't happen i felt a little disappointed in my head and i was like nah, i gotta pull back from that but I do think that the show right now, just to get your guys' thoughts on it overall, did you like the episode? I, I love it. We've said that. Yeah, you loved it, Jeremy. I I'm I I just like I said, I just watched it again. I'm still I'm still not sure how I feel. It, it was good. There are things that are amazing about it, but then there are times in this in this show and this episode specifically. That I'm just like really disappointed, and not, mm. and I'm not even, and so I will be very clear with this. I am not disappointed in the lack of death of main characters. Yeah, like that actually. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I think I was mentally preparing myself for that just to accept it. And when it didn't happen, it wasn't that I was disappointed that it didn't happen. I just feel like I was disappointed in the way, like the White Walkers, the way they go down, like you know, like in such what I would thought would be such a more of a pivotal role in this world seemed very lackluster to me. Um, and then the, I thought the, I thought the show, the episode itself was so dark at some point, it was almost difficult to actually watch because of the camera and those things. So a lot of those like visual choices, I saw good within this episode. And that, that's interesting. <clears throat> and it's just funny. Cause I, I didn't, when I watched it, I wasn't even, I never noticed that, like the, just the general darkness of the show and not really being able to see things. Um, but Jenna had the same feedback or comment or right afterwards. She said, I couldn't even really tell what was going on. I couldn't see who was what. And I was just like too hard to follow. It was too dark. And I didn't really notice that, um, which I just think is interesting, which is interesting. I'll tell you why I liked it so much. Please. Uh, and I, it was kind of interesting because I went through a couple, like just naturally had a few thoughts in my head that I kind of later thought back on um, specifically because I was trying to think of what I was going to say for this, for this podcast. Uh, so as I'm watching it, I think one of my first thoughts, like right in the beginning, first couple scenes, like lighting the Dothraki sword things or whatever they're called. Um, couple first, like just awesome images, like just really yeah. cool shots really really cool and the first thought was like holy shit like how is this television <laughs> like that yeah. was my first yeah. thought i was like this is just fucking nuts like it's so good and then i cannot remember maybe it's the last two maybe it's just because the last two episodes have been um a little just more story heavy and not as much action i can't remember the last time i watched anything 
that had me just on the edge of my seat like that episode did. Like my yeah. heart was freaking pumping. Like I was, it was, it, it, uh, it was intense. So I think that alone just was so good. And I think I kind of accepted, I think overall from a show standpoint, which we can talk at the, you know, the, the, our wrap ups, I think I just accepted that the white walkers weren't going to be as cool as I thought they were going to be from a motive standpoint and a, and a history and mythology kind of thing. And once I accepted that, I was fine with kind of how they ended. I don't know what they're going to do next, to be honest, but just from an isolated episode and the action and imagery and stuff, I just, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. The, sh- the episode is awesome. Um, and the more that I've really tried to just kind of isolate everything, I think it's great. I think it's incredible. It's one of the best episodes of the series for sure. I don't think it fits in the series as the series currently stands. And that's okay depending on what they do with it. And I really only think that there's one avenue that they could go. And I don't mean from what happens. I just mean how it, like how it wraps up from a story. I'll try to make sense of this. The theory I have, or not not even the theory, the thoughts that I have here are a little long-winded, so I apologize. I need you to guys to please, when I'm not making sense, just interrupt me and tell me to either, you know, shape up or move on. Um, but I want to try and take a moment to kind of explain where I'm thinking. I think Game of Thrones has a tone problem right now in the same way that Star Wars Episode Eight does. Um <laughs> And it's not all about that, but it's the same thing that I liked about that is the kind of reason that I'm a little hesitant about this show. I'm finding myself on the other side of it um, where I don't know where they're going from here. And that's exciting, but it's kind of dangerous, especially in something like Game of Thrones, which I will, I don't even think I'd have to argue it very hard. I don't think up until, you know, recent points that Game of Thrones is a fantasy show. I think it's a drama set in a fantastical setting for the most part but yeah yes i i I agree with you but i feel like there is i don't think game of thrones the book is that is that no there's a lot more magic and shit in the books there's yeah there's absolutely a lot more and everything's prophecy the books are fantasy for sure yeah okay so i mean i think that's maybe where i think i'm struggling with this episode i agree with you the tone because i do feel like the tone is off like and something that feels so chaotic and so game ending it just ends man yeah well, it okay. does. It yes. ends meh. Right. And I don't, and I don't, and I, I know that that's not the sensation that if I was reading this in the books that I would have, if that makes sense. So here is my, I, and this is even going to the point where I think the books could do a the similar thing. Here's my thought. Here's what I've kind of cooked up. And it's not necessarily a prediction, but it's the only thing that is bad inherently in the ending is if they don't get this tone thing figured out. I think that they can go either way, but if they just stick in this kind of weird 50, 50 fantasy drama thing, I don't think that I see any instance in that working out. Here's my thought on what's happening. Fantasy has been building ever since the end of season one, the dragons come back, all the magic comes back. We've seen that slowly, slowly building and it culminates with the white walkers. Um, it's kind of even what I thought would happen is Bran would get wiped out and the Night King would get wiped out and we'd start that weird little bleed into 
you know, this lesser magic territory. But the White Walkers are absolutely the most fantastical thing about this show. They are characters with un, you know, told origins to an extent. I mean, we know how they were created, but we don't know their motivations. We don't know, you know, why, why they're attacking now. There, there's so much that we don't know. There's so much that we don't understand. And they're seemingly unstoppable. They're absolutely this crazy, fantastical element of the show. And it would seem like in season one, Game of Thrones, they would have wiped everyone out. Guaranteed. Because that's what the tone demanded. I think the tone, though, in building to be more fantasy, has led to things happening that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Characters getting resurrected. And people having these fantastical moments. Like the dragons living. And ghosts living. Um, Jorah making it back so that he can have that story death. Arya rounding out her arc in this crazy way to kill the you know the big bad um bran living through it all liana not just dying and taking out that giant like these are fantasy moments that are not bad but i think what has me all turmoiled about them is they're coupled with these weird reality moments of this episode where um i wrote ghost went out like a bitch apparently he didn't um, but Ed just dies really easily. You know, they kind of keep that thing in where, you know, maybe he's not main tier or anything, but he he goes out really quickly. Um, most of their troops are pretty fucked uh, at this point. The dragons are very inefficient. Even when they do kind of get around, they're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. No location is safe. Even the crypts are, you know, dangerous. Danny and John are still holding this tension. Like, fantasy doesn't wash out all of this. It keeps this level of reality And I think that either this culmination leads to a more fantastical ending, in which case we do kind of go for the weird Lord of the Rings thing that I had prophesized in the predictions. Or, and this is now what I'm kind of leaning towards, we start to backpedal because I'm going, "Ah, are they going to go for a happier ending than we're predicting, than we've always been talking about? And if they do, and they do it right, I want to be on board for that. But I'm now starting to think that this show might just be hyper aware of its circumstances and is bringing the world to rise to the occasions that like it's putting against its characters and making us realize that shit is maybe most dangerous when the stakes are really close. The Battle of Blackwater, hugely fucking disastrous for both sides. Um, Stannis and his crew and Cersei and her crew both kind of thought they were going to die um, in that, you know, and just have it get ripped, have it got reeked, excuse me, Jesus, the Battle of the Bastards. Even once things started to shift and stuff, you know, there's this tension inherent in it, and these are the crazy moments. Um, and so what I thought was going to be secondary, uh, especially just because this was touted as this massive battle, I think that now that things are kind of on more regular playing field, Um, Game of Thrones can still have this very epic, very gritty ending if it wants to. And I think maybe make it feel a bit more Game of Thrones. Because had the... I understand that there are a lot of people out there who are like, if it was really Game of Thrones, the White Walkers would have wiped everything out. But I mean, would they really? Because that's not not the, the grit that you want. That's not the emotional stuff that you're in the show for. That's just like something cool that you want to claim you thought was going to happen and then watch it happen. Like, is that really satisfying on any level? No, no, I agree. 
So I've been trying, and I apologize if none of that made sense. I'm just trying to see from a tone perspective what the show is maybe going for and what, because it could be a writing problem, as some people have said. Um, it could be a problem that these aren't authors, these are screenwriters, and that's different. And maybe they don't know how to end this series. Or it could be something of they're settling it, much like I think Star Wars is doing, on uncertain ground so that you don't know what's about to happen. Because as we've discussed before, what show that's in a good place ends in like a way that just really feels good for you? It's, you know, it's hard to do. Whereas if you set the tone uncertainly, you could make disaster feel good. You could make victory feel good. Like I, I think they're building to something very cool. Um, and I apologize that there was about 24 hours of me that, that didn't trust them with that. But, uh, you know, I, I think the, I actually think the writing is going to struggle in six episodes because how, because we, we know there's so many stories and so many complexities that the show has added that they can't, it's impossible to end well. Right. So some of it's going to feel, so. So, I feel like some of it's going to feel, feel, feel rushed in that regard. And I, well, think, I think I do still stand by the fact that I don't think everything's going to get fulfilled. Oh, you think I they're just going to leave things not complete or, or not complete or they're going to, you know, oh, hey, this person's story isn't complete. Well, they're fucking dead. So it's kind of complete, you know? Yeah. I don't, and I don't I, think, they, and I don't think they need to finish everything. I, I don't, I don't think, actually, I think that'll be a disservice because that, that'll make, it almost like a fairy tale and that's not game of thrones right right like having having conclusions to all stories is not good and it shouldn't be and as a fan service that's kind of the part of ending these series really well is leaving unknown so that we can speculate and talk about what do you think like or maybe they meant to do this or maybe this is really going to happen and we just don't get to see it and that's and that's very cool, right? So, I I think um, I I feel like the the this episode is it is good. I mean, there are some like I agree on imaging and and moments of just like even the Aria thing where that that kind of builds to her being unnoticed, and maybe that was the point of the in, that was the entire point with her in the library where she's kind of like wandering through. We we have it felt very Walking Dead almost. You know, like where they're in there, but they don't censor until there's blood dripping and things like that. But at the same time, maybe that was to say, hey, she can move. She can move amongst them and they don't know she's there. And we needed that explaining how she gets to the next step. Sure. But I mean, that is and I think that's even kind of to Tony's point where it's like, that's a very screenwritery thing to do right like to kind of preface their main point with these little like foreshadowing stuff like that whereas you know a book or the way game of thrones was written for wouldn't have necessarily prefaced that and i've kind of thought this for a while where the show you can feel when the show is no longer 100 percent uh, or like I should say like 95% from the books yeah. and when it transitions to more of the the screenwriters with just the uh with with George 
just kind of in the background, kind of okaying things. Because there's a pretty significant turn to shit that happens in the first couple of seasons just does not happen after the switch. It's much more, <clears throat> excuse me, it's much more uh, fan servicey, much, much more like building arcs to have these big payoffs. Whereas fucking people just fucking die like unexpectedly and swift, like just out of nowhere in the first couple of seasons. And it's really satisfying, but there's much more just kind of swaying and just these big builds and swells in the later seasons, which again, aren't bad. They're very satisfying when they happen. Like, I think it's really cool, Yeah. but I do think that I think from, you know, your argument, I think the tone changed a while ago, to be honest, as far as not necessarily fantasy to real, like realism type thing, but just in how the show has, you know, how the show does these payoffs and, that kind of unexpectedness almost went out a little bit ago. Oh, sure. I think that this has absolutely become more of a show at this point. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've always said that I'm fine with that. I am on board for the show, and I look forward to seeing what the books do in what's different, in what's similar. Um, personally, that doesn't affect me. I think here I'm seeing something a little bit different in that because I agree, they've always had a little bit of an issue with what they do with tone. We've had these kind of weird, strong back-and-forth moments from episode to episode that don't work sometimes. Um, this is almost like they don't know what genre they want to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is, and I, I shouldn't say they don't know. It's like they don't know what genre they want us to think they are. Um, which... If this is an arc, and I think just because most of the ways I see it going lead me to believe that it is, it's really cool. But if it isn't, and if this is a writing fault, I think that the show will end badly. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. And something could happen that you like, but if it doesn't feel satisfying when it happens, and if it ends on a note when you're like, well, I don't... Because if it's only half fantasy, you're not suspending any disbelief enough to buy what happens. And if it's only half reality, it's not gritty enough for you to actually root it in anything. So it doesn't matter. It just, it doesn't, I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. Again, I think it's unlikely that they end on a tone like this episode did because this was a very mid thing. And I think the reason that it sprung me is that, you know, this is a big deal. Like this is... (laughs) They've been building to this. And yeah. I like that it wasn't the final thing. I've, I've said it since our predictions. I thought this was going to be dealt with in the first few episodes. Um, but I, I'm just a little hesitant moving forward. I hope that they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, would even, I wouldn't know how to do it. I hope they do. Yeah, I would even, I would, Tony, I would even go to say that this is almost, uh, this is almost guest worthy insight. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Maybe this maybe this will help. Um, so when when I was watching the episode on Sunday, I was looking at I was looking at the hound and I was like, I'm getting Hitler vibes a little bit. From- <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the, to your point, there's something else I think I thought about doing this show that was kind of annoying me. Like, what is, like, the one thing we like in books in 
and with characters and fantasy, it's it's the, the remove it's the <laughs> removal it's the removal of that kind of like Superman effect, right? It's that they are flawed. It's that they don't <laughs> yeah. have the answer, and and it's that shit fucking happens when they are broken and they die. So yeah. it, it's the opposite of the Harry Potter effect, which I finally refer to. Oh, fuck, we're going to die. If only we could turn invisible. Oh, wait, I know how to do that. And now we're invisible and now we live. It's like, wait, yeah. but you weren't able to be invisible prior to that. And let's connect it to Star Wars with episode eight, when suddenly Leia is able to move in space. Oh, wait, but you weren't able to do that prior that we know. So it was very kind of like dissatisfying, right? Like that sure. was a powerful scene that was then suddenly made to feel kind of cheap and i feel like the same thing in in this episode is there are things that felt very much like they cheapened some deaths for me and i, I and i don't I like that i do get it but here let me let me phrase this little hypothetical <laughs> like, well, let which me is just, what i've yeah. it's what i've been saying about star wars episode eight since the beginning is that it all comes down to what the next episode does um and to be fair i think so did empire like Return of the Jedi was nowhere near a better movie than Empire Strikes Back, but it was able to end that way because of it. And I think it made Empire a better movie. Anyway, um, imagine, so using this mindset that they've kind of introduced this main characters are untouchable theme, um, you know, Brienne and Jamie somehow survived this episode. John is surrounded by God knows how many recently revived zombies and somehow makes it back to Winterfell. You know, they have absolutely made this seem unlikely for main characters. We are about to pit all of our main characters up against other main characters. Hence the the odds are so close that that main character effect can't exist. They can either go the fantasy route of good trumps evil, in which case it's still going to be debilitating from a main character perspective, or they can go the gritty realism route, and whether that's, you know, good gets fucked into the dirt, or it's just so disastrous on both sides. I don't think that a wish-washy ending is how the show ends at this point, because they are making this precedent, which feels a little wrong now, um, but it's going to be stronger then, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just after after this, it's hard for me to get behind the fact that we had the Night King, we had these White Walkers, these just kind of really interesting, you know, ridiculous odds, and uh, just you know, antagonist. And now we're going to Cersei, which has always <laughs> been good, and fucking Euron <laughs> Greyjoy. <laughs> yeah, literally Cersei fucking Euron Greyjoy. Literally, yeah. But I, I just hope you're on Gre- I, I just feel like he's going to get dragged out longer than he needs to be. And he already has been. You mean yeah. we're already there? <laughs> yeah. But I do like that they don't have the Theon, Euron arc to push. Yeah, I love it. But you think, I mean, you think uh, Theon's sister's just going to kill him now? I'm okay with that. If they don't try to force her into the main narrative, I'm okay with that. Um Yara hasn't pissed me off. Yara pisses me off because they just keep bringing her back around to, uh, to, to be fodder for Theon's bullshit. Yeah. But he's dead, so... <laughs> you can take Yara and you can have her fuck the tits off of whoever you want. 
and uh, I'm okay with that. So with with the, do you think winter now recedes? Uh, no. <laughs> when I was editing the episode where I said the White Walkers bring the winter, I don't know why the fuck I said that. That's not true. Uh, I think what I was thinking of was like that storm and the fact that they bring an exacerbated ver- but winter happens still. Right, and that's all that's all I was trying to clarify. I was like, wait, so is now winter which was going to be long, is it now going to be sh- very short? <laughs> I'm thinking it still happens. Hmm. But maybe it's not as bad or I don't know. Um I will just props props have to be given out and I don't want to give them out. Um but they need to be. We made some predictions as to who was going to die in Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 3. And Jeremy, you won with three out of your five predictions coming true with Beric, Theon, and Jorah dying. You lost Jamie because we all knew you would. No, no. And, uh, he, he should have died. Let's all agree <laughs> on this. He no, should not. have died. Uh, and Tormund did not go. But, you, Another- but I thought Tormund was a decent guess. Yeah, another one should have died. Guess. I thought Tormund was right. I think I, that that was a bit like we've said already. I don't need to beat the nail. Yeah, or I guess I am beating the nail. Let's, but let's beat the nail. Just I'm just gonna just straight beat it. <laughs> so beat it for me. they just every motherfucking main character was put in a point where they should have died, <laughs> and they made it obvious that they should have died. And it was almost like they're just doing it to fuck with us at this point. Like, they know we expected everyone to die, and then they were like, well, we're not going to really have anyone die. So we'll yeah. see. But anyway. Hans, I think your predictions were actually the most likely overall, and you actually lost only getting Theon right. Gendry, Brienne, Grey Worm, and Drogon all survived. Yeah, I thought Drogon... I even thought Drogon was going down when I, I was Drogon watching was the episode. Dead. I thought yeah. when well, they I had thought- all of them... Yeah, I thought he was kind of fucked. I for sure, un- literally until the preview, thought that Rhaegal was dead. Yeah. It was weird that they just didn't show him after that. Yeah, because like, Rhaegal crashes, right? He, like, runs and crashes. Jon falls off of him. And that's the last we see of him, right? Like, that was the end. Yes. That's all we see. Yeah, um, my, my predictions were dog shit. Mine, I mean, I had... Again, it goes to expectations. I had Bran and Arya going out... Um, I think that is, I think that those predictions are pretty cool, not knowing how it was going to play out. Because even if you were to tell me like, oh, here's the situation we find Bran in, Arya comes and saves the day, fill in the blanks. I would have still filled in the blanks with one of them dying. Either she does it, but she's a second too late to save Bran, or she dies doing it. Um, But that 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 didn't happen. I will not complain. They are two of my very favorite characters. Um, So I'm, I'm sure you can keep throwing them in front of me. Uh, I, I, I guessed Brienne, who also did not die, but Theon did, as did the Night King, so I get two points. I go. never even thought to kill uh, the Melisandre. I just never even thought that that I was didn't even think she was no, I didn't know she was going to be there. Yeah, and, and, and I, we haven't talked about it, but I do think her death is super cool. You yeah. didn't like it? I, I no. thought I it's enjoyed okay. it. It's I like okay. I liked the necklace coming off. I like the stone cracked. I like it just dwindling, and I I just like the solitude of just like dropping dead, like just like going out and and, and just falling. Oh, I thought it was really cool. I was really. I it. liked it. My only problem with it is that it is it is a very fantastical thing, and Melisandre basically, maybe more than most people in this episode, kind of embody the problem I had with the tone here, or the problem I might have depending on how it goes. 
um, is that they've played her to be this fantastical character who keeps fucking up, um, who is grounded in reality, who makes these wrong predictions. And I understand that her arc has rounded and she's figured out what she's here to do, but I, I just don't know if... Why would she be so comfortable knowing she dies? Like, she alluded to this before. And she's just like, yeah, this is my out. I feel like she, she's comfortable with it because she has made mistakes. And so she is accepting of maybe that, you know what? This is it. This is how it goes. And I have to, if I truly believe in all the things I've been a prophet for, and I really want those things to be true, I want my God to be a real God, I have to do it this way. And it has to work. And she has moments of doubt, right? Especially when she's trying to light the the fire the second time. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you've shown your power. Why are you, you know, we're all, we don't, we need this to work. Um, Yeah, I I thought for sure. I thought when she was going to light the trench, I thought she was going to light up with it. Like, I thought she was going to kind of sacrifice herself to light the trench. Um, And I thought for sure she was going to, I thought for sure she was going to die by fire. Like, I thought that was just a given, but. Yeah, but oh, I think yeah, her telling that, yeah. her telling Arya like that that moment in that room oh, that was great was so good and such a cool connection that I'm glad we've had her arc go the way it's gone. I mean, I'm glad we've I'm glad we disliked her. I still to this day don't understand the demon baby thing. I still don't get it. It doesn't <laughs> work for me. It's awesome. I want a soundtrack for it, but I don't get it still. Right. You know, that's it. I will say to your point though. You made me like the her death a lot more. Kudos to you. Pew, pew. Man, so yeah. Now, the, so go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was just saying. So the the episode obviously is going, and I think what's going to be cool when this season is over is watching it again, as and just like enjoying the ride of the season, where because I agree with you in the sense that we have because some of us are really fans of this show. Not Hans. Uh, <laughs> but we, Jenna, for sure. But Jenna, for sure. Yeah. We've created we've created expectations that are that are actually, I agree, almost ruining some really good things. Yeah. And I think letting those go and having what we have, we'll watch this episode and think, oh, fuck, that is cool. Or that yeah. really was cool. Where now, it's not just, I don't like that we're disappointed. I think just... Uh, a sense of loss that shouldn't be there exists right now with the show. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You phrased it so much better in 15 seconds than I tried to take 12 minutes to do, but yeah, exactly. Like managing your perception. It's speculation is great and it's exciting, but when right. it gets to the point where you're like, Oh, I like that so much. If it's anything else, I'm out. Yeah. Like- yeah. <laughs> And and it that's the and I feel like that's the overwhelming sense for me, and I don't even know why that's the case for this episode, because like I said, it's it's not that I'm searching for that great loss with some of these characters. I just feel like I've created that expectation. Sure, yeah. Real quick, I know we're a little long in the tooth. Um, do we think? Is Arya Stark the prince that was promised? Oh God, I, was, I wrote this down. Does this I'm so round glad you this arc? I will say, so I, I looked it up. I was trying to read about it. Um, I guess in the book, I don't remember this, so this could have just been someone blowing smoke up my ass. 
I guess in the books, maybe the letter A is quite important um, to the whole prophecy theory. Well, I don't remember that at all. So, yeah, I, I have no memory of that, according to somebody on Reddit. And, oh, I thought uh, Casey called. <laughs> no, no. Casey didn't like it. Casey did not like it. Uh, he did not like the Arya thing. Um, I thought he... I think we've already nailed everything, but he said it was not well... He's like, it didn't make sense. It was out of nowhere. I don't agree. I think it was unexpected, but you can piece it together going back a fair distance. I thought it was super duper. Um, I mean, she's yeah. on her, she's on her list for God's sakes. Come on, he's on he's on her list. Sorry, I don't think he is. He's she said the Night King. Did she? Yeah. Okay. Because um, my point was bringing up of like, hey, this list is getting shorter. I don't think he's on her list. No, oh, I don't think I'm he's gonna look it up. List either. I think she. But I think he is. Now I do. I mean, there's things that I like a lot about it when you go back right i like the whole the whole dagger thing is cool like thinking where the dagger came from and yeah. all you know the dagger's life span and how it's gotten <laughs> to where it is it's pretty cool and it's just kind of whether that was intentional or not it's, it's sweet mm. i mean whether it was intentional back then or not it, it's still cool and then um the statement about you know the the language or like the uh, translation of the prophecy right where it's like the prince or princess that was promised mm-hmm. that's cool now right because it's like oh shit when it was just daenerys i was like oh fuck it that's that's <laughs> like that's too obvious that's lame but yeah. now it's like that's pretty sweet makes that makes things it makes some things much cooler which is how i felt game of thrones has always kind of been like you're saying where you get this twist and then it all makes sense even though you never expected it so i liked it I'm trying to look up the actual... Okay, I'm just going to read, and this is from the books, so take it with a grain of salt. This is the prophecy of uh, Azor Ahai. There will come a day after a long summer, check, when the stars bleed, check, and the cold breath of darkness falls heavy on the world, check. Uh, It reads, In the dread hour, a warrior shall draw from the fire a burning sword. Which, we didn't actually see a flaming sword, but I think Valyrian steel is called dragon steel. I think they say that at some point in the show. Um, so it could be metaphoric. Uh, and that sword shall be Lightbringer, the red sword of heroes. And he who clasps it shall be Azor Ahai, come again, and the darkness shall flee before him. Now, I people are just also, trying to fuck with us. just to say, technically, the Night King did walk away from Jon and Danny. So he did. He maybe he fleed. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but regardless of whether or not that prophecy is even anything beyond speculation at this point, um, I, I did like the the moment. Well, it was really good. I'm sorry for taking up a lot of the time there. Um, do you guys have any more Game of Thrones things from this episode, or looking into the next one or stuff real quick that you want to? Um, touch on i relinquish my <laughs> my time no i think uh, i think we said enough can i maybe say one more thing of course <laughs> can i tell you how this white chocolate chip pineapple scone is please it's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> oh shit oh shit this has been thrones and scones it has been your weekday morning podcast it's been tony hans and jeremy and a whole lot of 
nonsensical chit-chat for the past hour and a half. Uh, We will be back next Wednesday to tackle Season 8, Episode 4, Untitled. (laughs) Untitled. And probably (laughs) won't be for a while. The, uh... Go ahead. Nothing important. You know what you're doing? Yeah, you know me. (laughs) I was half expecting when you said, you know, here's... Here's how the prophecy actually goes. Like, let me let me give you the literal translation. I was expecting a, uh, now this, here's a story <laughs> of about how. <laughs> I, have, I have considered the old, uh, uh, <clears throat> okay, the, here's the prophecy. Never going to give you up. Never going <laughs> to let you down. <laughs> I, my notes were a little lacking on this. I wrote them freehand from the episode because I think I touched on it. I couldn't watch it a second time. I am a little epicked out, honestly. Um, so Sunday, I uh, played Dungeons & Dragons, and my character got his fingers cut off and his tongue ripped out. Oh, it was shit. a rough day. Um, he was in prison. It didn't go super well. Thankfully, the demon goddess that's been kind of hanging about in his head um, made a little deal with him, and she 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 gave them back, which was nice mm. of her. But... It, it was rough. It was intense, okay? Then I saw Avengers again. By the way, no spoilers. Uh, that's 12% because we care about people who haven't seen the movie. And it's 82% or 88% because fucking Hans hasn't seen the movie yet. No. <laughs> but I saw Avengers for the second time, still very emotionally draining, and then three hours later watched Game of Thrones. Um, so today, when I... Or, yesterday i guess when i went to go rewatch game of thrones to take full official notes i just i i couldn't do it i watched about half an hour of the episode and i was just like watching it and i was so numeric in my head i was like okay this happens this happens this happens but like i couldn't get invested because my brain was just tired my i oh, i've experienced too much <laughs> in the past week man i tell you what First world problems. First world problems. Yeah, I need to... Oh, I just need to stop bitching about it and go see Avengers. You gotta... It's good. You gotta check it out. It's good. It's worth seeing. You gotta... It's it's, it's worth seeing. It is. It's a long film, and, and I give them credit because I feel like they used all 180 minutes or whatever really well. Uh, one point, what must be... Five billion dollars at this point, I bet. Mm-hmm. Insane. Insane in the brain. It feels it feels so good though, watching that movie. It feels like I have very read, interesting thoughts, but I literally can't say anything. I know. Because I no, think I know. everything is a spoiler. Everything I want to say is a spoiler, so it's fine. Yeah. Beyond saying I enjoyed it, <laughs> everything is a spoiler. Yeah. Fair so enough. It's just like it's so intimidating going to watch it because of the i know i'm gonna get there there's gonna be a half hour of previews and things before the movie even starts it's gonna be three fucking hours i do know there's no post-credit scene so at least i don't have to sit for that okay but there is a thing you say there is something that okay god damn okay so i'm gonna have to sit through the credits (laughs) so this is a solid and just (laughs) counting drive times this is gonna be over four hours of time that i need to invest in this 
And it's just but like, come on, it's we've put eleven years into it, Hans. <laughs> that's true. It's a good point. And I know Jenna's like she's foregoing, but she's not a big Marvel mm. fan. She didn't like Infinity War. Oh. So this is even more like just torture, I'm sure. Well, hold um, on, why didn't she like Infinity War? Thought it was boring. Oh, okay. Then never mind. Maybe she wouldn't like this movie. <laughs> so, uh, oh, Jay girl, we were we were getting so good. I know. What's what's funny is she's just like she's a hardcore Game of Thrones mm. fan now. I feel like interesting. She's so into it. Yeah, it's because it's fucking great. It yeah. is great. It's a great so, show. Man. She she's also hardcore into scones now, right? That's Ooh, the next. That's the next thing you're gonna tell me. Debatable. <laughs> 